0: Uh, Our word is from Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1 to 6. Uh, Hear then the word of the Lord. Uh, Therefore I, the prisoner of the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and through all in all. And so I think about this passage. This is a very rich passage, and I think I can go a series about like 15 messages based on this passage. But I want to hone in on, Uh, several things and I do believe this weekend has been a spiritual feasting you know uh, Ephraim was talking about Friday you know uh, cider day Saturday Sunday you know ice cream and as I thought about those images I think about spiritual feasting you know heaven is a place where we're gonna eat a lot and uh, my daughter said uh, 99% 99% of Jesus' ministry is eating. And it is so true if you look at the Gospels, we eat. And uh, that's part of the reason we are having a vision, having a cafe here so we can have connection points to eating. And as I thought about this time and today's passage, I'm just honored and grateful for what God is doing and what God's gonna do through you. It's you, it's not me, but it's you and us working together in partnership with God to do the work of God. And it is very exciting to give God the glory. So as we look forward, as I was meditating on this verse, it's about looking forward, what is it about? He urges us in verse one, a manner worthy of the calling which we have been called. And what Paul is reminding us is now you're a Christian, don't do this, do this habits and so on and so. That's not what he's saying. When he talks about manner worthy of our calling, when he's saying, now you're a Christian, you have a new relationship with God. Expand that relationship. Get deeper in your relationship with God. Get to know him. Don't program your relationship. Experience your relationship with God. Get to know him in a very deeper way. Where your expression of faith comes from inside out. I was reading uh, about this pastor who was former porn star. His name is Joshua Broom, and he had a very driving uh, career uh, as an actor, but something deep inside was hurting. He felt empty. He felt. Hopeless, He felt depressed because the things he was doing, somehow, he knew he wasn't built for that. Going to the bank, the banker called him by his actual name. And that stirred something upon him. And what that stirred was, someone's calling me to a relationship. And that started his process. So he quit being a porn actor. And then he proceeded on to uh, be a gym, you know, trainer for two years, looking for an answer. Who am I? What am I? What is my purpose? Are you guys ever asking that question? You know, who am I, what am I, what is my purpose? It's not based on what you do. Uh, if you feel that's the case, you're in the wrong life. Who am I, what am I, what's my purpose? It's answered by the Lord. And in this process, Uh, he was training this Christian woman, and she asked him this question, do you know God? Do you have a relationship with him? That kind of stirred an inner drive to ask the question, who am I? I'm not this person that I should be what people want me to be. What am I? I'm not going to act. I'm going to be genuine. I'm a person who's searching for a relationship. And that led him to... uh, go to church, that led them to know the Lord much more deeper. You know, I tell people who come to uh, church for the first time, I tell them don't come early. I tell them come around like uh, 20 minutes in, hear the sermon, and then when I pray, go home. And if you feel led more, come a little bit earlier. And the reason why I say that is a lot of people don't want to be overwhelmed about faith. It has to come from within. And if the presence of God works, he works to convert people. And our role is to participate with God to bring people into a relationship with him. And, and that's what Paul is talking about. If you want to live a life that is worthy of his call, he's calling us to live a life that comes from within. Well, your definition of who am I, what am I is defined by the Lord. It's because of my relationship with Jesus Christ. And so how do we do this? Now, there's four words uh, that is the theme of our uh, 30th anniversary. Uh, The first word is one. The second word is hope. The third word is purpose. And the fourth word is family. So the way we do this, the way we live out our faith in the Lord, is to be one. In what ways? The first thing is loving one another. You know, John uh, uh, 13, 34 and 35 says, a new commandment I give to you that you love one another as I have loved you so much love one another by this everyone will know that you're my disciples if you love one another. What we need to understand is the art of loving is very difficult, you know why? People are so different from you. How many guys cannot stand certain people? Why? Because they're so different than you. You know, it's like me and my wife, we always battle about food because I love to go out every day I like to try African food, I like Japanese, you know, but she likes to cook at home. I don't like to eat at home all the time. Or we would have certain personalities that irritate you, type A, type B, or certain likes, you know, and we gotta learn how to love each other, and love is this, just as God has accepted you unconditionally, agape love, we need to learn how to accept other people unconditionally. And that's hard. That's really hard. It takes a lot of work. Uh, In fact, um, 2020, I shared with you last night, uh, December 2020, God was speaking to me. He said, I'm going to do a new thing. And one of the things that God wanted me to do was forgive the person who really wrecked our process of getting the URC. A lot of you guys know the inside story. it was very difficult. And uh, the day... I prayed to forgive that person and wrote an email to the person. That's when we found this building. And I was saying, what happened? And God was saying, well, you got a really hard heart. You don't know how really, you could talk about love, but you're a hypocrite. You don't know really how to love because you have to learn how to love. Forgiveness, and that's hard because I'm a pretty picky guy. Whoever crosses me, especially loyalty, I'm, you're my enemy. And 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 how the Lord you know just kind of transforms you because I crossed him many times, and he loves me unconditionally. So we need to learn how to live, love. And when that happens, there's a release in our lives, and it creates what we call a unity within Christian community. God brings people whom sometimes we don't like for a certain reason is for unity. Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17 was, Father, that they may be one. Oneness in what? To love each other. But oneness, because if you're one, what you can do is, through this, we can be a witness for Jesus Christ. If the churches stop fighting and stop bettering themselves and be genuine to understand, after all, it's not your work, it's God's work, and I'm going to participate with Him, that's when the church is going to grow and stop being so pompous about everything. You know, uh, me as a pastor, you know, uh, when people told me I didn't preach too well, you know, people asked me, why would you get a doctorate? I got a doctorate in preaching because people told me I didn't preach too well. And I still don't think I preach too well. And I'm trying my best. But at least, you know, call a spade a spade. Change, because if we really love one another, you change for the purpose of Christ. And, and that takes some components. That takes some components that God is calling us to do to be one. If you look at verse 2 and 3, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love, being diligent to keep the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. Here the word humility and gentleness is uh, lowliness in this manner. Not just he must increase, I must decrease. Lowliness means to give up my control of my life. To the Lord. That's what true humility is. I, I surrender myself to the Lord. That's lowliness. And then when we talk about gentleness, it means to be meek. Uh, what do you mean by that? It's submission to whatever God wants me to do. So I give up my life, like the song we sang, take my life and let it be in submission to whatever you want me to do. So if the Lord says you should be a cook, be a cook. If the Lord says, you shouldn't go to seminary and you should be a dentist, be a dentist. Do, do wherever. It's not the profession that God is really concerned about. What God is concerned about is doing what he designed you to do, which is bring him to a relationship. Amen? That's what we're all about. And so we need that, that gentleness. That means surrendering myself. We need patience. Uh, you know, great friends are built by patience. Uh, I remember uh, one of my closest friends, David is here, Dr. David Yu, he was telling me when we were going to seminary, bro, you got to argue. I said, why? Because you can express your thoughts. You can express your feelings. And deep friends are made when you disagree with each other. And we need to have patience. Just know that uh, you're not the best. <laughs> I'm not the best. <laughs> we got to work with each other. And the goal is, I like relationships. Why? I want friends. How many guys want friends. We all want friends, right? To be there for us, when times are difficult, we need patience with one another. And this kind of patience is an attitude. Never give up when negative circumstances happen. This patience means an attitude to endure even though people say it's not going to work or circumstances prevent us. It's an attitude to accept God's plan and direction for our lives and through this we are unified. We need to be patient with one another. But the other component is bearing one another. It means to be tolerant uh, because everyone comes in different personalities. And, you know, uh, I think that's the reason why I have a wife who's totally different than I am. Culturally, uh, personality-wise, I don't know how we're together for 33 years. I just don't understand. And even my classmates uh, from seminary days are surprised we're surprised we got married. But she's the best girlfriend I ever had for 30, uh, 37 years, 35 years. Uh, so different, but God brings us together and it takes bearing one another. That means don't be so self-oriented so that you're the best, you're not the best. Uh, we need to bear one another to know that everyone is different and God created them that way and God says they're special. Do You know that God thinks they're special? You might not, but God does think they're special, and diligent. What do you mean by that? I call it persistence. Don't take a no as an answer. You committed to a relationship, why do you wanna give it up just because they pissed you off on just one little thing? You gotta be consistently diligent in pursuing the relationship for the purpose of being unified, because God's envisioning of a community Is a community that cares for each other. Are we doing that? A community that doesn't talk but acts upon it. A community that accepts one another. A community that gives to one another. A community that encourages one another. Do you want that kind of community? It takes a lot of work. Don't expect the church to produce it for you. That's not gonna happen. You're the church. You're the one who's gonna take the work to make that kind of community. And so we need that diligence. And for the purpose of being one, why? So we can participate with God. What is he doing? A lot of us think that we're the evangelists who leads people to Christ. That's not true. Uh, God's been working ever since the beginning of time. So look at Genesis chapter 3. When Adam and Eve sinned, it says God was walking in the garden. Why was he walking in the garden? He wasn't walking in the garden to tell them, you pissed me off because you, know, you sinned because God is all-knowing. What did he say? Adam, Eve, where are you? He's calling out to you. And God is doing that right now. And they hid. What does God do? He sacrifices the first animal to clothe them. He covers shame. You guys ever struggle with shame? Uh, I do. (laughs) I mean, sometimes the way I drive, I hate New York. You can pay a billion dollars, I'll never live in New York because I hate the drivers there. (laughs) I remember once uh, James and I were stopped on a red light. This guy's honking for no reason. And James is saying, what the F? What's going on here? You know, And I'm thinking, man, that takes a lot of patience to deal with this kind of guys. But God is working to even reach those kind of people. <laughs> Don't worry, I married a New York, uh, New Jersey woman, so I'm in love with her. God is reaching to work to those kind of people. And God is working ever since the beginning of time and his plan of salvation has been laid out. The first missionary is Jesus Christ who came to this world. And his purpose was to bring forth a a restored relationship in, in this world. Imagine this world without Christ. And that comes to my first point. I mean, second point is God made us one for the purpose of reaching out For the purpose of loving each other. Why? To create hope for people. What good is it that, you know, we pursue our dreams and work really hard to get what we want? And then, you ever notice this? When you accomplish your success, you get really let down. What's next? It's kind of of an endless uh, cycle that goes on and on and on. What good is it? The Bible says, what good is it to gain the whole world and lose your soul? There needs to be something more different. You know, I don't know if you ever read the, the book by Albert Camus, The Stranger. You know, and that book is about meaningless, how life is meaningless, because there's no hope. And verse 4 says this, there's one body and one spirit, just as also we're called in one hope in your calling. What is this hope? It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. How is it relevant in my life to have a relationship with Jesus Christ? What, what is the relevance behind it? Here's the reason why it's so relevant, because my relationship with Jesus Christ defines my identity, that I don't have to prove anything to people. You know, growing up, we we're really impressed by what school you went to, how much money you make. To God, that don't matter. Let uh, me put Pastor Soon's idiom, Jack Diddley, it doesn't matter. He doesn't care. What he cares more about is not what you did, but about you. He values you. This is what faith offers. And he defines your identity. He gives you hope. And he promises this. I'm with you till the end. Till the end. Whoever had uh, that kind of promise, usually when times are tough, most people abandon us. We don't know who our friends are. But God says, I'm your friend, and I'll be there forever. That's hope. And, and the hope to know. You know, like Michael was sharing about newness in Christ. The hope to know. The hope to know that someone's with you through all these ordeals in life. Life is difficult. If you think life is Disneyland, just go for a few days, and they come out, and you feel like, what happened? That's how life is. Amidst all these difficulties we know, that God loves you and he has hope for you. And in him we can hope. Because hope will drive you through difficulties. All the hardships you face. And so that's why we need to have one hope. And for this we have one purpose. What is our purpose? God's will for you is to be a Christian. God's will for you is not to have a profession. And as a Christian, God's will for you is to help others to know Him, but also you know Him in a deeper way. That through this, God works, inferring His kingdom. So when we talk about kingdom building, I used to think kingdom building was just past tracks, go over the four spiritual laws, or share the bridge illustration. That's not true kingdom building. That's part of kingdom building, but real kingdom building is living your life for Christ invading the kingdom of darkness because this world is dark we are lights and salt of this world invading the kingdom of darkness and how does Jesus do it we teach about the kingdom about salvation about the scriptures but also we cast out evil and we heal don't take it for granted one of our looms and I say said this over and over again he's a doctor and Every time he sees a patient before surgery, he says, let's pray. And we need to be dependent on the power of God to work. And you, when you participate with God in his kingdom building, it's amazing what God does. So God called us to be one, to love one another, so that we can express our message of Jesus Christ. God called us to have one hope in Jesus Christ. There's no other. And God called us to one purpose and one family. What do you mean by that? A family of God really practices to the best of their ability, agape, unconditional love. Learning how to accept people to the best of our abilities. Remember, where our life is work in progress. Do you believe that? I believe I'm still work in progress. As long as there's sin nature in our lives, our life is work in progress. And what we want to be is a community that cares for one another. If you look at the uh, Philippians 1 and 2, let's read it all together. Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of mind. This is really deep. Let's start thinking about it. If there's any encouragement, are you an encourager? Instead of thinking about yourself, is there ways to encourage people? There's many ways of encouraging people. Your words, your actions, your service. If there's any comfort, from his love people need compassion they need love and it's not fake love they they need to be comfortable when things are difficult I'm guys having a difficult time I don't think we can admit that but I have difficult time you know I used to think raising four children was a piece of cake Man, it's the most difficult time but the most wonderful time <laughs> to relate with my children of course, we don't agree all the time, but they're the best children that God has given me. They're, they're the best best I love. And we need comforting. When times are done, you know, tough, we need comforting. When times are good, we need to comfort each other. If there's any common sharing the spirit, if there's any commonality we can share about what God's been doing, if there's any tenderness and compassion, you know what we lack is sometimes compassion for one another. Now, uh, one of my favorite songs is an ode written by Wes Terasaki called Help Me Care. You know, and, and he says in his stanza, there are many people who are there. Lord, help me care. I think that's so important that we need to learn how to care for one another. How do we do this? Use your five senses. See, observe, hear, feel. Have, you know, men, we sometimes have low EQ. Increase that EQ by learning, empathizing, seeing, observing, and then ask this question, what would Jesus do if he was me? Learn that compassion. And he says here, Paul, make my joy complete by being like-minded and having that same love, being one in spirit, one mind, This is what God is calling us to be, one family. In the family of God, there's no races, right? Uh, White, black, Papa, Hawaiians, everyone all belong in God's family. Uh, there's, There's no discrimination in the family of God. African Americans, Africans, Indians, all the races all belong together as one in the family of God. Think about that, one family. And God has brought us together so that we can be a witness for Jesus Christ, so that we can love one another. I think the basics of church life should be Jesus' command, experiencing love of God and loving each other. That's the basics. We cannot do this unless we're one. So if you have any barriers of unforgiveness, let it go. God understands. God understands the hurts. If you have any barriers of misunderstanding, let it go. And be lowly, be humble, and allow God to work to be one. Because through that, God will work through you, not only to satisfy your needs, but also use you to be light and salt to those who are around you, you're his witnesses. And when Jesus says go, that's what he means. We're witnesses of God's love and what he has done. And it's not about individuals, it's us practicing the scriptures, God's command, transforming us. So commit yourself to that. And my prayer is that our church will be like that. And my prayer is for you to be like that, amen?